Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of my Dynasty Fantasy Football content. This time, I'm trying something new. We're going to break down the mock draft that we did live on stream on Tuesday. I want to look at some of the round-by-round moves and then pick out a couple of teams to break down. We'll look very closely at all of that. If you like what we're doing here, make sure to like the video, leave a comment, and subscribe to the channel. And with that said, let's jump into the mock draft. So, as you can see, hopefully you can see, um, at the top, we'll start with round one. The first four picks, not super surprising to me. We started with Josh Allen, we had Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, Jalen Hurts. Those are my top four quarterbacks in Superflex League. CJ Stroud is fully in that conversation. Fully in that conversation. I also have, for me, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson at 105 and 106. I have them ahead of any non-quarterbacks in Superflex. So it's what I would have done there. Definitely wouldn't have taken Christian McCaffrey at 106. Additionally, my other notes on round one are that I love Anthony Richardson, but he seems like a little bit of a reach at 108. And I'm a little bit surprised to see Jefferson go six and seven picks ahead of Chase and Lamb because I have them back to back to back. So I don't know why they're that far apart. Now, let's move into round two. So my main takeaway from round two was the distance between Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Brees Hall. Brees Hall at RB2 in Dynasty ahead of Jameer Gibbs. And I think there's an argument that Brees Hall should be RB1. But in this draft, he went near the back of the second round at 210, way behind Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. So that kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, Hall at 210 was one of the only running back values I liked in the early rounds, or honestly, the draft at all. Running backs in general went way too high, in my opinion. And that's because running backs have a lot of risk that they carry throughout the offseason. You're paying the pre-risk price. I don't know why I would do that. And then the last thing in round two, Justin Fields at 208. I just can't endorse that. I can't endorse that kind of risk. Potentially setting one of your first two picks on fire. So that, that one I didn't like. Moving into rounds three and four, seeing Jordan Love at... 301, it caused a lot of conversation. Some are going to say, some said it's way too low. Some said it's way too high. I think it's a closer to about right, maybe a touch low. Compared to other quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa and Brock Purdy went behind him. I'd have still have them ahead of Jordan Love. Justin Fields went way ahead of him. I would have Justin Fields behind. But overall, it's about right. As for other takeaways in rounds three and four, I love Nico Collins, but he doesn't belong in round three just yet. And Stefan Diggs definitely doesn't belong in round three. And ditto to older players like Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams in round four. Uh, if we want to pick out a value from this range, Jared Goff at 407 was one of my favorite values up until this point. I think he's obviously the Lions franchise quarterback. And I don't know why he, you know, went so late. Moving into rounds five through seven. Now, here's usually when things become wild. And I can often tell who in the draft was using my Patreon rankings, which you can find 
top right corner of the video at patreon.com slash fantasy advice. You can have my rankings to do your startups. I usually tell who's doing drafting off my ranks and who isn't. Now, the most interesting thing I thought was actually in the middle of round five, this run of rookie wide receivers, JSN, Jordan Addison, Rasheed Rice, and Tank Dell. I actually have it. They're all very close to each other. I have Rasheed Rice first, then Jordan Addison, then JSN, then Dell. Kind of changed up a little bit recently. The main thing, though, is in this round five to seven range, some of the picks are really bad. Nick Chubb at 601, Austin Eckler at 602, Raheem Mostert at 706. That's less bad, but still not great. And Christian Watson at 608. Those picks make no sense. Most of the ones I didn't like are running backs. It's better to load up on speculative running backs later. Find the next Raheem Mostert instead of paying for the current one. So one last thing on these rounds. I do like the value on quarterbacks in this range, especially Baker Mayfield, but also Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. They're decent values in the mid to late sixth. And um, lastly, Zay Flowers at 604 might have been one of the best values of the entire draft. That seems crazy to me. He's a rookie first-round wide receiver who did well in year one. He should be a lot higher than 604. Moving into the rest of the draft, one of my big takeaways is always that the bad quarterbacks, they fall too far in these super flex leagues. Yeah, I get it. Will Levis is maybe not great, but the value upside is there. If you take him at 907, most of the risk is on an up swing rather than the down. Same with Russell Wilson at 1004. He's going to be a starter next year. You can get a starting quarterback for a year or two at 1004. I, I like that idea. Also, I want to remind people that Sleeper ADP has not been updated. You got to remember to scroll. Tucker Craft was not drafted in this draft. I'm sure that if people remembered to scroll down, he would have been. Got to remember to scroll. It can be a huge edge over your league mates. As silly as that sounds, I swear. Additionally, um, the one other takeaway from this range is that I'd rather take shots on players with upside, usually either running backs or young wide receivers. What I don't want are roster clogging wide receivers specifically examples romeo Dubs, jacoby myers on the high end of what a roster clogger is tyler boyd alec pierce is the lower end you're never going to be able to start these players can't trade them can't drop them they do score from time to time but predicting the week that a wide receiver goes off is almost impossible it's much easier to predict for running backs it's when the starter's out but for wide receivers it doesn't work in the same way now, I'm going to pick out a few teams that I liked and didn't like. Um, so let's uh, highlight. It's interesting. I'm actually going to talk about three teams I didn't like and one that I did. Uh, we'll highlight there team number six. I'm not really a fan of anything team number six did. Starting with Fisher McCaffrey is rough. Then going Tyreek Hill left them in a hole at quarterback. Picking Nico Collins at 306 didn't help. I did like their run in the middle of Jared Goff, Rasheed Rice, and Matthew Stafford. They did well there, especially with Goff and Rice. But then after that, I mean, Mostert in the seventh kind of didn't help. Didn't really like their later round picks. So was not a big fan of team six. Team eight has a really scary roster to me because they started with Anthony Richardson, who I feel like is overdrafted at 108. Kyler Murray is good at 205, but then they went Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, 
and Saquon Barkley, which is scary, very scary to me in a dynasty league. There were plenty of win now pieces. I don't have a problem with win now pieces. I have a problem with taking win now pieces that are all of those players are in decline in the third, fourth, and fifth round. That's where I have an issue. There were plenty of win now pieces available later. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen both went in the eighth round. I mean, this team also took Keenan Allen in the eighth round. I just wish that they had done a better job of realizing their value and then backfilled with players like Keenan Allen and not just gone all in on team old guy. And then the last team I didn't really like is team five. Not a big fan of team five. Justin Jefferson, it's not what I would have done at 105, but it's not the end of the world. But we really just went totally off the rails with Justin Fields in the second and Bryce Young in the third. Feels like a startup you would have done in 2023 but not 2024 offseason. Fields there is way overdrafted. Bryce Young, while I still think he could bounce back, I got to be compensated for the risk I'm taking, and that's not taking him in the third round. So ETN in the fourth and Christian Watson in the uh, sixth also didn't help make me like this team better. They're both more than a round. In Christian Watson's case, maybe five rounds overdrafted of where I would have him ranked. I did have, to, to finish on a bright side, I did have one team that I really liked, and I only wanted to pick one because they were so much better than anyone else, and that's actually Team 9. Team 9 absolutely crushed this draft. They're my favorite team by a wide margin. Burrow at 109, that's a great pick. That's a steal in Superflex. Amon Ra at 204, I love it. Another great selection. But where they really crushed it was in rounds 3 and 4. Brock Purdy at 309, for me, that's a steal by almost a round. Brandon Ayuk at 404, same steal by almost a round. It's hard to do that in rounds three and four, but they did. And then they also had Zay Flowers at 604, which was one of my favorite values of the entire draft, along with Russell Wilson at 1004, who I talked about earlier. Absolute smash draft from team nine. Looks a lot like a team I might have picked. So I love what team nine was doing in this draft. Well, I just wanted to try this video kind of as an experiment just to see how it would go, see if this is a video format that people enjoy. If you liked it, let me know. Uh, leave a comment saying you liked it. If you have stuff I could work on, let me know. I'm curious because the first time I've ever done a video like this. Additionally, of course, make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash fantasy advice where you can get the dynasty rankings. Maybe Team 9 drafted off the, I don't know. But otherwise, I want to thank you for watching, and I will see you all next time. Peace out.